Bathroom through that doorway to the left. If you could yes, silence your cell phones, please, so we don't have ourselves be, be an accident. You know, my mic. Uh, it's on. Yeah. And no food or drinks, please. Here, just keep those out there. Those stragglers in the back, take the front seats. Come on. No. Okay. Anyways, we'll get started here. Thanks. Bill, you gave me a new seat today. You got a haircut. Now you look like a white man. <laughs> Would you rather look like a Jew or a white man? It's a tough one. That's a tough one? <laughs> uh, I'd be mean. I'm sorry? I'll just be mean and let others uh, what they look like. Uh, you should put your little hat on, that way we'll know. Yeah, that will do. I want to give it a doubt. <laughs> Whenever it's comfortable. Nice. You ready? Couple seconds, 20 seconds or so. All right. It's still early. It's still early. Oh, it's still early? Oh. So we're supposed to play until. Oh, yeah. Let me do this. <laughs> uh, so how you doing? Yeah. It's your birthday? Oh, it's the other little girl's birthday. Oh, okay. How are you? Nice. Did you make your brother irritated this week? Angry? Say what? You don't know? Did she make you angry this week? What's wrong? So what? Oh, you chose to be angry? Why? So what? I didn't do this week, what? You did not get angry this week? Oh, good. But when you do get angry, you choose to get angry? Why would you choose to be angry? The feelings? It feel good? It feel good to be angry? 15 seconds, It feel good. Amazing men for him this week. Good morning. Welcome to Fellowship. I'm Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by going to the YouTube line and, and uh, the chat line on YouTube. And hey, will give me your questions or comments concerning today's meeting. Um, good morning, y'all. How's everybody? <laughs> you tired? Did someone say tired? Oh, you said tired? Um, nice. Yeah, You've been working? I've been working hard leverage trading. You've been what? I've been working hard leverage trading. It's exhausting mentally. Levitating? Uh, leverage trading. Oh, oh okay. It's nice. exhausting. Good. It's good to work hard, be tired. Um, any questions or anything? 
Anybody had a week? You had a life this week. Anything interesting happened? Did you learn? Who said yes? One soul. What happened this week that was interesting to you for your life? Mm, there was a lot of things happening this week. Um, but I did forgive my father. So that was, um, yeah. How did that go? Well, I thought that I had forgiven him in my heart. And then I set a deadline. I thought, next time I go to church, I'm going to forgive him before I go next time. Nice. And then we were on the phone, and he was in a great mood, and all these thoughts started to trick me into, you don't have to forgive him, you're forgiving him in your heart. Yeah. You don't have to do any of that. And also this, I think, fear of intimacy with him, like the realness of really, truly meeting each other. Right. And I think my thoughts... And the devil just tried to get me out of it. But I was like, no, this is happening. This is happening. Yeah. And yeah, it was a really beautiful conversation. Yeah. And he was glad to have it, huh? I mean, I could feel and hear the light in his voice. Yeah. And I just actually started with apologizing for something that I did. <clears throat> and, and then, yeah, forgave him. Amazing. And, yeah, it was great. It was really beautiful. There's nothing like forgiveness. Nothing at all. Yeah. yeah. Once you forgive, truly forgive by realizing that you are wrong for being angry. That's the great, that's the sin of being wrong for being angry and not admitting it to yourself and forgiving. Yeah. And I work at a hotel, so I meet a lot of strangers every day. Yeah. And it feels almost like going to church every day when you start to ask a lot of questions. And I can hear with a lot of people that they don't want to let go. No. And they really want to, like, they want to use their anger against their parents as something to, like, justify their pain. Yeah. And, yeah, they don't want to. Um, and it's, uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, nice. I'm glad one person had a life this week. I have a question. I need an honest answer today. Try not to lie. <laughs> Just for this question, perfect, you're going to like it, all right? Let me see the hands of the people that get lonely sometimes. Let me see. You feel lonely sometimes. Let me see the hands of the people that feel sad sometimes. Uh that get angry sometimes. Uh, that get happy at times. That's everybody. And you don't get happy at any time? <laughs> well, I'm, well, sometimes I'm just not sure if it's happy or just joy. Oh, okay. You know, it's just, All right. I mean, I just feel complete. Okay. Um, I, did, did I ask about sad already? Oh, okay. What else? Okay, I think that's covered everybody, right? 
Yeah. Let me, is there anyone in the room don't feel anything at any time about anything? Okay, well, we got everybody covered. I, um, <clears throat> I was watching this movie, and it was interesting to me in that I wasn't looking for anything. I was just watching the movie. And the movie was about these four girls, four ladies, who were friends, and they've been friends for a long time. And they look like they're in their 30s, late 30s, early to late 30s. And one is a lawyer, one is a, uh, <coughs> she owns a beauty salon, one of them worked for the airport, and one used to work for a bank, but she'd been accused of robbing the bank. So she's all laid off right now. But anyway, they're friends, and then they're dating these guys. And these guys that they're dating, they've been dating for about, a, you know, a movie story for about a couple of years. And when they first met these guys, and these guys are lawyers, they don't show any black person that's not nothing anymore. They're all lawyers and doctors and everything now. Remember when they showed black people when they were not lawyers and doctors? And the black people got mad? And now they have to show everybody being important. So these black guys are important too, doctors and lawyers. <laughs> And so when they met, and they met at different times, they didn't all meet all the guys at the same time. They met and they uh, courted each other, and in the courtship they said really nice things to each other. The guys really said nice things to the ladies, and the ladies would respond with happiness and niceness too. And they dated and they dated, and then one of the guys really got into his girlfriend to the point he bought her apartment building uh, and it was like really nice big apartment building and then the other guy did certain things they were all happy they were all happy and then after a while the happiness changed to anger they started fighting one another the, the girls and the guys they started disagreeing about things uh, some of the girls started dating different guys even the guy that bought the woman the apartment she, his girlfriend started dating some other guy. He was like, how are you going to date someone? And I just bought you an apartment. But she's like, I'm free. I can do what I want. I didn't tell you I wasn't going to date because you bought me a place. But he was like, I didn't expect you to date. And so their, their joy went to anger. And then over the last couple of years, according to the movie, they've been treating each other really bad, not getting along at all. The girls and the guys dating around with different people. And so this time... They like, they're like broke up, but really not broke up. You know how you break up with somebody, but you still see them off and on? It was like that. And so the other day, movie the other day, one of the, the lawyer girl decides she was going to go online and, and find her man. You know how they do the dating online thing? So she went online and found a guy, and they all met, and he brought three of his friends along for the other girls. So they were all having dinner, and they were laughing and playing and drinking. And the guy who just really making the ladies feel good, how pretty they are, and I just really want to be with you. And, and it, these are like uppity blacks. <laughs> you know what an uppity black is, right? Okay. 
And so the guy was like really romancing the girl and was trying to leave the cafe. And they were, the guy said, let's take the bus home. They're like, the bus? I ain't, ain't no bus home. I got a, a Cadillac. I got a car. And the guy, the guy like, no, don't be so uppity. Let's take the bus. And, and the girls finally agreed to take the bus. And so they got on the bus. They were having fun. And at the end of the bus route, they all got off. The guys went their way. The girls went their way. And the girl was saying, oh, that's something special about these guys. They're like different. Don't you agree? And the other three ladies like, yes. <laughs> it just feels better. It just feels good. And what I realized in that instant that all they're doing is repeating the same thing with new faces, but it's the same thing. The relationships start off fun. It start out like we're met for each other. You're beautiful. You're handsome. You're this, you're that. And then the relationship turns to argument. That's the same thing going to happen with these relationships. But because they're unconscious, they don't know it. Isn't that crazy? And in that unconscious state, we all do the same thing. We go around in circle with different relationships, thinking that just because they feel better, they're going to work this time. Anybody ever done that? And they never, most people never pause to say, why is it every time I get into a new relationship, it end up just like the old relationship? And why do I keep trying, thinking that this relationship is going to be better than the next relationship? It's the same thing. Why can't y'all see you're doing the same thing? Anybody want to tell me? Oh, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, I went to a, um, a shooting range this weekend. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I grew up with guns. I've been shooting my whole life, and I thought I knew, like, how to be safe and, like, the method of how to use a gun. I, I went to the beginner, a beginner course. It was really long and, like, intensive. It was, like, three hours long. And I got like an actual lesson on how to do it yeah. and the actual method on how to use a, use a gun. And I had no idea that I didn't know. Like I thought I knew. So I think thinking I knew was the mistake in that. I didn't know that I didn't know. Right. You know, I had yeah. no idea that I didn't I know. I totally understand that. That I didn't know these That's things. That's a deep point. And I, I, thought I, I thought I knew. And it was, it was a weird feeling to like think you, think you know something and then suddenly realize you, you, had, no, you had no idea. Like yeah. I had no idea. That's the problem with the whole world. They don't know that they don't know. They think that they do know. And then if you try to tell them they don't know, especially if they're not ready to know, they don't want to hear it. How are you going to tell me what I don't know? How are you going to tell me what I'm doing? But you're absolutely right. And learning to shoot a gun is different than, because when I was growing up, I had a rifle at 15. I went out and just killed a squirrel. I didn't have to pull the gun out go all like this and, and stand a certain way and make sure the guy ain't going to throw me down. But they teach you that at the ring. And I didn't know I didn't know that either when I first went a long time ago. Yeah, like there is a right way to do it. Yeah. There's, there is a right way to do it. Amazing. I didn't know that existed. So when you go hunting again, are you going to do all that when you hunt? Well, this was like... Um I guess more self-defense oriented yeah. as opposed to hunting oriented. Right. Oh, okay. So I'll probably hunt the same. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, sir. 
to add to what he's saying, I, one thing I realize is that when we don't know, our mind makes up how to do it. Yeah. If I don't know how to do something, my mind will tell me how to do it. And it could be disastrous. It could be, it, it will be wrong, but it, you know, some things you could lose your life or a limb or something. And self of practical thinking, all thinking is wrong, is evil. And you don't know the depths of how the mind feeds you different thoughts and ideas about everything. They are always feeding you. That's why in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you're going to have to overcome the intellect. You're not going to get into the kingdom as long as you hold on to the intellect. You got to let it go. Because you, in the kingdom, there is no thinking. Except for in this world, you only need thinking for practical thinking. I got to go to work. I need to be on time. The time went by today, went by went a time later today, so I need to set my clock. Other than that, there is no more thinking. There is no more thinking. What do y'all think about that? You got to live on earth without thinking. Does that make sense to you? Oh, it does make sense? In what way? <coughs> um, just because every time I think, I end up wrong, so I feel like it would be probably better for me to not think. Yeah. Have you ever gone from relationship to relationship to relationship thinking this one is it? Mm, I haven't been in many relationships, but... Have you been in at least two? Um, no. Oh, so you had one and you realized this was wrong, that was it? Yeah. Oh, good. You know, you've been in a number of relationships, right? <laughs> Have you ever gone from relationship to relationship thinking that the next one is going to work? No, because I haven't been personally in that in that many either in the sense of, for one, I've always just been, everybody in my family growing up was all single. I haven't seen marriage. I don't know what marriage looks like. i never seen none of that. you never seen marriage? i never seen nobody in my family that ever married. Nobody in my family actually wow. had a relationship. <laughs> yeah. I ain't never heard of it. Where you born? Woods. <laughs> you were born to Superman. I mean Tarzan and his wife. I mean his girlfriend. I never seen it. I never seen them have relationships. I never seen relationships around besides like my friends and stuff like that. I think I had one uncle who's married, but he always was separate from the family. He always did his own thing. But, I'll blame him. Yeah, but yeah, I've never yeah I never experienced that on to the next but I have experienced what you're talking about as far as thinking the excitement and the enjoyment of the beginning stages means something when it ultimately it's just an idea your imagination like oh, yeah. thinking that person's the one it's gonna last forever and you feel so good and then you get disappointed it's interesting too that you know that in the first relationship you were with you were in it started out with you making her feel good she making you feel good and you know at some point in turn from that, you make her feel bad, now she's making you feel bad. And so when you do break up, you get into a new relationship, but you forget that this thing is starting out the same way. What is wrong? This is not going to work. Something got to change. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Anybody ever been through that? Let me see your hand on anyone who's been through that. And, okay. <clears throat> Why did you try to make... 
Why did you do the second relationship in the same way you did with the first one? Because the first one didn't give me enough. I wanted more. It was so exciting, the first relationship and on both sides, that even though you're both excited, reality will... will uh, so the first relationship was not as, it was excited, but not exciting enough for you? No, it, it just fell apart because of, you know, circumstances and reality says, you know, it doesn't matter how excited you are about something, it, it's not sus sustainable. But what I'm trying to understand though, when you were dating and you got into the second relationship, did you notice at all it looked like the first one? Because you start out the same way, you say you do the same thing, and then it find, finally become like the second one where it go, I mean the first one become, the second one become bad again too, and it kind of repeated itself. I did not. And why did you notice that? Because it was a different person, and because I, it was a different person, and it, this person behaved differently than the other one, I truly believed it was a different situation. And did you behave differently as well? No, I was still. You maintained being your crazy self. Yeah. But the other person put on a new, a new act, uh, different than the other one. Well, she was crazy in a different way than the other crazy. <laughs> she had different hair color, if that makes difference. But you thought, in your mind, you were thinking it's going to work. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you say you've done the same thing? In terms of repeating? Yeah, with different relationships, repeated it, same thing. I, yeah, I, prob I, I wasn't conscious of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just went from relationship to relationship. As I'm thinking about this question, I've never been single since I was in college. I've always been in a relationship. Really? So there's something to be said about that. You've been in different like, relationships like since college? Relationship. Yeah. And why were you single sometimes? Why wasn't I? Yeah. I like, I enjoy being in a relationship. And why? Because I ha there's companionship. There's someone who, I just love relationships. I love men. I mean, I, I'm married now, so right. obviously I love the one man I'm with, but I just love men. I love how they move. I love observing them. I, I like being safe. On, I feel safe. In a when I'm in a relationship, I feel more secure. And you, do you feel unsafe when you're not in a relationship? Well, I, you don't know, though, because you've never not been in one. Well, the little blips where I haven't been in one, where there's been like a breakup and we've gone our separate ways and right. then come back together, during those blips, during those moments, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that. I, I like being in a relationship. And why didn't you enjoy those moments alone? I just felt like my life wasn't as robust as it, as it, as it is when I'm in a relationship. Oh, okay. Amazing. Okay. Interesting. Anybody else? Yes. So I noticed uh, myself that I would always pick the same kind, same kind of women. And even though um, the exterior changed, they were identical inside, like, like they were twins. Did you know at the time when you were going from one woman to another to another that you were deliberately picking the same kind of woman? 
In my mind, I was picking a different one, and this was the one but here. But did you know at the time that you were picking no, no, the same kind of woman? No. And I'm, and I'm trying to get some understanding from you guys before you woke up. So, like, because I'm try, I'm, I'm, I, I have some know. more questions to make. You I, did not know. I didn't I thought, in my mind, in my mind is telling me this, this one's okay. They fit all the criteria. This is, right. this is what I want. And it's what I wanted. It wasn't until later that I realized. And so every yeah. time you would go from one relationship to another, you didn't notice that they start out nice and then they end up bad and then we break up and then they go to another one and then they break up. What I, for me, what I noticed was that, um, um, that, that they're not what I think they are. They not with no. Know, that's not the question. When you were dating before yeah. you became awake, yeah, were you aware the cycle was repeating itself? No, I I wasn't aware until afterwards. During no, I was. And, and why was, not doing? Because it's like when you're drinking wine, you're drunk, you uh, you're with the person, you're happy, and everything is happening. How can you? Why would you think this doesn't fit the pattern? This is so far everything is good. Why would it? Why would it be squawked that this person is not is like the other ones when they're not? And so at the time, everything was perfect. Okay. It wasn't until troubles came, you know. Yes. Um, I relate to what has been said so far already, but I, I realized that when I would jump from, I guess, one relationship to the next one, yeah, maybe I was looking for something different, and maybe the person did seem different, yeah. but the difference was I wasn't. I was still me. So the relationship itself, the guy might have been different. The interaction might have been nice for a while, but ultimately it still went sour, but that's because it wasn't them. It was me. I was still the same person. So of course it's going to repeat itself if I was still. And so even though you got a new guy, mm -hmm. you would still treat the second guy in the same way you treat the first yeah, guy. Yeah, because it was like things were fine until they weren't. And I remember I would pick up on when things would feel sour. That's, that feeling was still the same. It didn't feel any different. The person was different. But that, that twist, that change was exactly the same. Did you, ever, did you ever question yourself, why is this happening to me like this? Yeah. And, and what did you come up with? Um, I knew it was me, but I was... Too, you knew you were weak? I knew I was weak, yeah. Oh. But I was too weak to, to take a stand against that. I stayed for however long I stayed. But I knew that there was a weakness there, and I didn't care. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Did you raise your hand to any of the questions I asked about anger, loneliness, and all that? Yeah, I did. And which one? The happiness one. And why do you get happy sometimes? I get, like, giddy. It's an unawareness thing. It's purely what Are it is. Are you crazy? A little. If I get giddy, yeah. If things can excite me to a certain extent, then yeah. yes. And so you get happy sometimes, and then the happiness goes away? Um, it mellows out. <laughs> yeah. And why does it mellow, mellow, mellow out? It mellows out when I pay mellows attention. Out. It mellows out when I pay attention. When I realize what it is that I'm doing, I catch it, and then it kind of just fades away. But when I'm not paying attention, that's when I can, can be bouncy and jump around and get like excited about certain things. And do you try to get that feeling back again? No. You don't try, why not? No, it just happens. Oh, it's an unawareness thing. I'm going about my, my daily life. It happens a lot when I'm in the kitchen, I guess. I'll be doing things and I'll get these, these little ideas and that'll heighten me a little bit. And I get excited and I get 
into this like little kid state. And when I realize these things, I kind of like toss it to the side because it's just another distraction. Do you ever get angry? No. You never get angry. And, and why not? Um, because uh, whenever I'm met with some sort of opposing or something that's happening outside of me, um, I kind of under I understand where that's coming from, and I don't engage with it. Oh, like okay. like I I can be met with some sort of anger, something coming at me, and and I I know it's a deception, and so I. I let it take its course, and when it, it doesn't sink in, the best way I can describe it is it can be happening around me, but it doesn't stick. And so it doesn't stick to me. I don't feel it. It doesn't oh, okay. come out of me like that. Amazing. I think it's so interesting in life that we all repeat the same thing, do the same identical thing, and then we all come up with the same excuses as to why we did it. And then we'll make up these excuses and still turn around and do the same thing over again. That is so insane. And most people, because, as someone already said, they love their hell. They don't even do anything about it. They don't try to correct it. They just figure that, that this is how life is. I want you to know this is not how life is. This is how your life is in that fallen state, but that's not real life. That's death. Yes, ma'am. That is not life. That's death. You're not living. You're dying. So I have a quick question. Yeah. Is it possible that, like when I went through those different relationships, for example, I viewed them, even at that time, as experiences because I never really had any dramatic you know, ugly breakups. It was just, okay, we're going down this journey and now we've reached a point where we're kind of, we have different interests, so we're going our separate ways. Couldn't it be that we're just experiencing something that is going to cause us to maybe maneuver differently in a, in a different relationship to, to the end where we might, where we get married or whatever and settle and have that final relationship that we've been refined to grow into, if that makes sense. So you're asking all this stuff that we go through in a relationship, it's Could it necessary. Could it be that it's preparing us oh. for that final, <clears throat> for each relationship that ensues after that one? That's a good question. I hate want to respond to it. Okay. And then I'll tell you. And the anchor baby want to respond to it. Right but hold on. To, oh, no, that's fine. Going through these different relationships and having these different experiences and maybe even lead up to a marriage, aren't, aren't those things prepare you for a good relationship in marriage and, and, and in life, period, right? That's what you're asking. Yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. No, not necessarily because you don't necessarily learn your lesson. You, you may develop some idea about Oh, this doesn't work. Doesn't work, but this seems to work better for what I think is right. But you're not necessarily prepared from from those things. You can become bitter, or you can become overprotective, or develop all kinds of weird, false values from those um, experiences. Okay, that makes sense. It makes sense, but what if you don't become bitter? What if you, you what if you, what if you're applying 
things that didn't go so well in that previous relationship and making a pivot and making more of a valuable contribution to the next relationship where things go differently on that front, but then maybe there's something else. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, like, I totally understand the you, question. You, okay, so now I know not to do X, Y, Z in a relationship because it didn't work in that one. Right. So now I'm in a new relationship. X, Y, Z, I don't do X, Y, Z. I don't ask for your passcode, for example. That doesn't work. I'm not trying to see and be a, uh, an investigator to see what you've been doing throughout right. the day, right? Yeah. So I'm not doing that, but then there's something else that may come up that didn't come up in the previous So you, you know may what I'm not saying? do XYZ, but you may start over doing ABC? It could be something different, but XYZ, you're not bringing that to the relationship. You've learned from that mistake, right. so you don't do that anymore. And does ABC work? Well, it could be something different that comes up. And does it ever work? What do you mean? Like, you may not do the same thing in this second relationship, right? As you said, I may not go on the cell phone and try to see who it is, whatever. But you do something else. And does that something else ever work? Maybe the two people can work through it. Maybe, perhaps. It depends on, you know, what it what it is. Oh, okay. In my relationships, by and large, the breakups have been because we've just grown apart. Okay. And it hasn't been any negative, you know, now I still speak to many of my exes, you know, it's not this bitterness thing. So, and I do believe that each of those relationships brought something very valuable, gave me something valuable to take into Why do you think they didn't work if it was valuable? Because those were not meant to be my partners for long-term, like husband, for example, but they were experiences that refined me. Oh, okay. It's the Nate, way I'm seeing it. Nate want to respond to it. <clears throat> I'd like to ask men if they want their woman refined. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, my, my, you know what I mean? Like, she went through all this. I have a refined woman. I don't know if they'd see it the same way. But I'm just saying, like, I think a lot of people think trauma or, like, going through stuff, like, I went through breakup or I went through pain, they see that as just by itself, like, I overcame that and I'm stronger now. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But you're supposed to overcome it, like, you're supposed to overcome trauma, right? So that's only one part of the equation. Most people don't get over so that. So what you want to know is, doesn't these different things you go through in the relationships work out in the long run because it makes you better at relationship? It makes you, am I right? It makes you learn. So if you do finally get married, all the experiences that you had make this one work. Like there's experience in life, absolutely. Like that's with everything. But I just don't think necessarily because like I was saying, just going through stuff doesn't mean you're stronger. Just because you, just because it didn't kill you, it, so you could still be make, left with. It's like getting punched you in the face. For the next relationship, though. No, because it's like getting punched in the face. Now I'm afraid of the next punch. It doesn't mean I'm stronger. Oh, okay. Amazing. Okay, Joya, I saw Joya hand and here, and there. Okay, this is so good. And there. Okay, y'all thinking a little bit. Yes. Yeah, to answer the, her question, I, I think in my in my uh, opinion that it can be 
um, a lesson for the next relationship or to be better in the next relationship. But I ultimately think in the bigger picture of it, it's more so for self, for your, the growth of yourself. So you go through these things in a relationship for you to grow, opposed to you trying to, for the next relationship to be better. It's more about you just being better in general. And by you growing, that makes the next relationship better because right. you're growing. Right, that's how I see it. But so it can be helpful, to answer her question, it can be helpful for the next relationship. And you say that's what you're saying? Okay. She said that's exactly what she's saying. That's accurate. Um, yes, Frankie. And then I want to get to all your hands and I want to get to the biblical question. Yes. No, I, I don't think it's helpful. The poison part of uh, is that you're looking for something outside and you keep looking for something outside in the person. They're always going to let you down. It's always going to fail. Um, but how about if what they were saying, the person themselves got better? And so how can you get better? You can't get better. Um, you, know, you're, you know, I don't think you can get better because you're still looking for this next one to, to save you or. So you cannot you, get better as an individual learning from different relationships? I don't think so. And why not? Because you're looking outside. You're looking for someone. Uh, this person is going gonna, gonna to be right. And, you know, I, I know that because I used to do that myself. I used to look even to friends and people that I would look up to. It always would fail. And I, you know, not until I let that go and kind of, um, you know, okay. depend on God, love him with all your heart, soul and might. And, all right. Yeah. Yes, sir. In my opinion, <clears throat> in my opinion, we, um, we shouldn't be getting better or worse in relationships. Um, we should exist in a state in which God's love can flow. Well, what do you say about the, even though I think you've been answered to her, but yeah. about going from different relationships and experiencing these things make you better so that through the experience, so if you finally get married or however you do it, at least you make this final relationship work because you got better, you learn from it. I don't want an experienced woman. So I'm I, don't, sorry? I don't want an experienced woman. I don't want a relationship. No, that's not the question. Yeah, but you're talking about experiencing things relationship. with one another, yeah, not a, an good. experienced woman. That's not good, in my opinion. Why not? Because you, don't ha you shouldn't have to have experiences in order to um, get better at relationships. Because in my opinion, you shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the bar which sets your... Um, a, your ability to have relationships. Have you ever been in a relationship that made you better? No. It, did they make you worse? It didn't make me better or worse. So you, your relationship never made you better or worse? No, absolutely In your not. whole life of dating, you never got better or worse? No, I was exactly the same person. I was what, me. What did, what did that mean? What person were you? I was me. I was the person who needed to change and grow and develop on its own outside of a relationship. The relationship didn't add to me or take away. It revealed what was already inside of me that needed to grow. Amazing. You're and the only one on earth that ever happened to. No, I can. I Everybody can, on the father's day. Nobody. That, you, 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 God. No, I'm not God, but I can see. There's no way you can live life in a father's state and that not happen where you have these bad experiences up and down. Sure. I'm telling you that I had experiences that were up and down, but I know 
that those experiences didn't make me better or worse. I was the same person. You just, so did you stay bad or you stayed good? I think, I know now from looking at it from No, behind, no, no, back then. At the time, what happened, yeah. were you staying bad? Or yeah, my view then, I thought that it made me better, of course, yeah. I'm sorry? My view then was it made me better. Right. right? Sure. So you did think at the time that each relationship would make you better? At the time, I was thinking that some relationships made me better and some relationships didn't. Right. Didn't That's what she's better. asking about. Yeah. And, and did any of those things make your next relationship better? And you're talking about my view I had before. Right. I thought that they did. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Amazing. That's it. Nice. <laughs> Let me take here and then the, the white shirt. And then this y'all lady want to respond. I can see it all over. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think that even if you go through like a hundred different relationships, it doesn't make you any better, nor do you learn anything because the the source or intent is always the same. You're just trying to, you're just trying to feed your false needs that come from the devil. Like you're trying to feel your loneliness, you're trying to feel something. So then you go through every relationship finding that. But then, if your source or intent is right, then even if you don't have any experience, uh, you can go on your first relationship and it'll work out. And so before you knew this. Did you think at the time relationships were making you were getting experience, you were learning, and the next one going to be better? I, I think I did think that at one point. And did you ever, before you woke up, did you realize this thing is not working? No, because I was too busy trying to feed my own, yeah. um, my own needs, my own false needs. But so, and, so and at the time, did you know you were trying to feed your own false? Uh -uh. Yeah. I just thought it was just like just normal. Like, that's right. just the way life is. So I didn't, I, I had no idea that's what I was doing. But that's crazy that we can live that way, huh? You know we got to be unconscious. Something wrong. Something is wrong. Because we keep doing it as human beings. We do it. Everybody does the same thing. The whole crowd. Okay. Let me do it. Thank you, man. Uh, let me take her since he's on his way. And then you. And I think I saw your hand, right? Okay. You haven't been in no relationship with no boy, right? <laughs> Only one. One. Yeah. And did you think things were getting better, or which, did you think it would prepare you for another relationship, or any of those things? No, I was trying to look for the father's love in him, and he didn't have the father's love, so. Did you know at the time, I'm trying to get a father's love? I knew it. So Deep you down. were conscious enough to know before you woke up, I'm trying to get a father's love from this guy. I knew it deep down inside. I didn't realize it, though, the entire time. You did not realize the entire time? The entire time. And did you think it was going to work? No. So when you first started out, it was all happy. Y'all were lying to one another, how beautiful <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and how so nice it is, right? And then that started to die down. And then now you start hating this beautiful person. And what did you think was going on then? I knew it was wrong for me to be in a relationship with him. So I did, didn't. Was it because of you blame him or yourself? I, I blame myself. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I agreed to it. At the time you were blaming yourself? Yeah. I'm in this wrong relationship with this guy. I know it's my fault. Right. Really? Amazing. Okay. Yes, sir. 
Oh, okay. And then here. Um, so basically. Where's Nick? Oh, okay. Um, wouldn't you say that, oh, I guess not a question, um, but wouldn't you say that in terms of um, pre like preparing for the next uh, relationship or the next stage, aren't you like, don't you have premeditated thoughts uh, going into the next stage? Like, oh, this might be this way or this might be that way. And so you go about things a certain way and I feel like that, I don't know, does that kind of blind people or? Yeah, 100%. The premeditated thoughts are the same way you have with the relationship you're getting out of. It's the same thing. Yes, yes, sir. Um, is this fun? This is great. There's nothing like work. Do y'all work on yourself during the weekday and all that when you're not here? <laughs> oh, okay. You say no? No, all the time, I say. Oh, okay. Yes. I've, I... I don't want to say I feel like because that's just going off of the current emotion, but um, just to add value to this conversation and to this lady, which has some wonderful points, who I can relate to. Um, as humans, we're all about learning and growing. Um, but I remember my, I've never been in a relationship more than four months, and very few. And after that, I just felt that at that time, I need to do some self-discovering. And I found God. But why were you in there more than four months? I was self-seeking, uh, like that gentleman said, just my own motives. Not, I, I knew that it was self-seeking behavior, and I knew it wouldn't last. So going to the next relationship, same thing happened. And as a creature of habit, I knew that I would repeat that cycle because I wasn't consciously ready to make the changes. So you were aware that in every relationship that you're going to repeat the same thing? Uh, yes. You knew you were going to do it? I didn't want to, but I just did it. Uh, you didn't want to do the same thing, the but devil you knew just you would. was powerful at that time. I'm sorry? The devil was powerful. So you knew you were going to repeat the same thing, but you couldn't help but do it? Oh, okay. Amazing. One last person, then I got to ask the biblical question right here. Y'all later, yeah, in the red. Have you ever been in a relationship that made you better by learning through, going through bad things or preparing you for the next one? Um, I haven't really been in a lot of relationships, so. Have you been in more than one? Yes. So let's do the two. You've been in at least <laughs> two, right? <laughs> so like, when you were leaving the first one, did you learn anything that made you better to operate better in the second one? Probably yes, but it was such a long time ago. I was very, very young. You're like real old now? Yeah, <laughs> oh. getting there, yeah. Um, looking, looking way back, um, the, whole, the whole relationship was a mess and I was in that relationship for the wrong reasons. And so the I first was relationship and, was a mess. Mm-hmm. And at the time, did you know that this is a mess? Yeah. But then I chose you went to be in and made mess. another. You went and made another mess. I'm gonna say that again. And you went to a next relationship and made another mess. Well, that second relationship is my husband. So. Mess. <laughs> <laughs> and was that a mess for a while? Um. 
Hmm. I w- no, I wouldn't say so, no. It wasn't a mess? I mean, I've overcome, you know, in the last year. I know that part, but I'm saying, was it a mess? So let me say to, to the people who are awakened, let's talk <laughs> not awaken. <laughs> was it a mess when you first got with him? I mean, define what a mess is. M-E-S-S. <laughs> I wouldn't say so, no. Oh, it was perfect. I mean, I don't think anything's perfect. Was it perfect? No. So if it's not perfect, is it a mess? No, I don't. I don't he ain't going nowhere. Don't be scared. <laughs> He's staying now. You stop. I mean, like, I think from what I'd come, what I had been in for 10 months in my first relationship before Anthony, that was a hot mess. I knew it was a hot mess. I knew I shouldn't have been in it, but I chose to be in it for whatever reasons, right? And then, obviously, I was out of that relationship. I probably did learn a lot of what I did and didn't want and a lot about myself. And then I met Anthony. So So did you bring some of that mess into this relationship? Yes, definitely. So it was a mess. Then I guess, yeah, it was a mess. (laughs) It's okay to say that. <laughs> really. I know. I understand you're overcoming. Yeah. I, I would say yes. So, Initially, I would say. Are y'all scared to admit it or what? <laughs> it's not, not going to make me think you're not overcoming. I'm just looking at the world around me and everybody got the same mess. And they don't, even the movies remake the mess in the movies. <laughs> movies are real life. They are. If you pay attention, it's exactly what's happening in real life. So did you bring some, did you, you brought some of that mess into this relationship too, right? Yes. And did you think you had learned from the first relationship, so in the next relationship, I'm going to be better? Sorry, I'm just trying to think back. Um, Probably, yeah. You did, huh? Probably, yeah. Because that's the question she was referring to. Mm -hmm. Don't you get better in in this relationship, this one, that would make the final relationship work out pretty good. Yes. What what I wanted to ask, and I'll make this quick, is it's easy to talk this way when you, now that we're awake, you know, to talk this way in this deep, meaningful way, but realistically speaking, as we maneuver through life, we're having experiences. Like I have girlfriends who never dated. They were so Christian and so um, legalistic that they opted to never date. They're just gonna meet their husband, get married. And many of these women did this and they went into these marriages with no experience. They were completely awkward, ended up in divorce. And as we maneuver through life, aren't we supposed to be I mean, for lack of a better term, we have to communicate in English, better, I'm gonna say better, but aren't we supposed, just like the, diff, like the silent prayer, I was a Christian before, I was doing the whole Christian thing, I wasn't growing, I wasn't learning anything, I was still lost, but my life was still going well. I mean, I wasn't, I've never had any you know, major obstacles. However, when I came here and I learned about forgiveness and the silent prayer and all of these things that we're to do to, glean, to develop a closer relationship with God, well, now my life is better. So how do you articulate, I don't, I don't know how to articulate that, except to say, I'm better and my life is better and I have a whole slew of people around me 
who would attest to that. So how do we So your life is better now than it was before you woke up? Right. I'm, but, I'm, but what I'm saying, there's this conversation about, well, I wouldn't say I w I'm better or worse or this or that, but how do we communicate then if we're not using terms like that? You know, the experiences to me are not, in my life, I feel like the experiences I've had have all been meaningful to whatever I did next, whether it's dating or some other category. Right. Interesting. Let me take two more hands on that, and okay. then I'll respond. Okay. <clears throat> the young lady right here, and then here. Um, I, I just want to add to what Danielle was saying, and then I also have a question. But one, I, I do understand the, the concept of better, just like how um, you know, the people that heard Jesus' message, they felt better, or they felt you know, their life was improved. Um, and the question that I have is, and, and you know, let me know if I, me? let me know if I'm missing something. But is the message to this that we have to be perfect before we enter a relationship? And if that's like, if that's the message, then let me know. And if that's not the message, then please let me know what it is that I'm missing. What was the last thing you said? Do we need to be perfect to be in a relationship? A perfect person would never enter into a relationship. It's only imperfect people that get into relationships. So our marriage is marriage for people that are imperfect? I'm sorry? Can you elaborate on that? Like, so are married people imperfect? Yeah. That's so why they're married, they're imperfect. So then is it good to be imperfect? I'm sorry? Is it good to be imperfect? No. But you need to be imperfect if you want to be married and have children. Oh, then that sounds okay. And, when you, and then once you have all your babies and things, then you start working on becoming perfect. So what if you never get married? Does that mean you can't become perfect? I'm sorry? So if you don't get married and you don't have babies, does that mean you can't work on becoming perfect? If you don't get married, you don't have babies, can you work on becoming perfect? Yeah. I, you you have a better chance of becoming perfect by not being married than you are by being married. That honestly doesn't make sense to me because I feel like God wants us to be in a relationship with somebody. Did like God he, want it? Yeah. Why do you think God want it? Because it's clearly in the Bible. No, he only wants you to do it if you want to make babies. And then after you make all the babies, you have to have at least, at least <coughs> you have to have at least ten children. And then, <laughs> then when you have that tenth, then stop. I'm, I must have missed that in the and, Bible. <laughs> and start overcoming. And that's where the rebel meet the road in a marriage because during the making of the baby, you both needed one another for love and all this kind of stuff. And then once you no longer need one another, unless both parties try to work on themselves, all hell break loose. Because if your husband's going to think, what's wrong with you? You used to give me love. What's wrong with you? You used to be this way. But you can no longer be that way because now you're overcoming the fallen state. You've been made perfect. And the more you've been made perfect, the less you need him. Or the less you need you. But the fight's going to start if both, per both people are not working on that.
But if you're not married, it's just you. There's no one to fight with. You just work on your own self. Okay, I, I guess, yeah, I guess this is something that I You want some babies? Um, I, I, do, I think children are wonderful. I do believe that children are the future. I don't There's nothing wonderful about children. <laughs> children are hell. I hear that, oh, the kids are so wonderful. No, they're not. I mean, we were all children at one point. Huh? We were all children and at one point. And we were all hell to pay. I think, I mean, children are wonderful. What's wonderful about them? The only thing they do, they make you feel good, then they make you mad. And then they make you feel good, and then they make you mad. But isn't that something that is And then when you're out and about, and you have your little child with you, and somebody come up, oh, this little child's so cute, and you feel so good. And so when you get in the car, you want to smack that child. Shut up and sit down. Fasten your seatbelt. I honestly don't think everybody thinks that. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I don't know anyone who has not gone through that. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I'm sure everyone has had a uh, an inpatient experience. That's why everybody's traumatized. If kids are so wonderful, why do you traumatize them? But I don't believe that the lesson to like a crying baby is to never have children. No, I didn't say it with that. I didn't say never to have just because they're bad. Yeah. I'm just saying they're not wonderful. <laughs> I, I mean, nature is like... I mean, you know, storms can be, quote unquote, you know, raucous or like tumultuous, but we still need rain. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be hogging the microphone. No, I no, just, you're doing I just, fine. I just, I just this is our fellowship. That's what it's about. Okay. Thank you. I, I just wanted to ask about, you know, being in a relationship, if we need to be perfect. Cause, yeah. Because I guess in my soul. No, you don't need. Matter of fact, if you're perfect, you never will get married. Okay, then I don't want to be perfect. You don't want to be perfect? I don't. Good. Wait until when they hurry up and get married. Huh? If you no, say, I'm, not huh? In a, I'm not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry. You, you're not ready for marriage? I'm not in a hurry to get married. I'm sorry? I'm not in a hurry. Like. Oh, I'm not in a hurry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Amazing. But yeah, you, no, you, you don't have to be perfect to get married, and you're not going to be perfect. If you were perfect, you would not get married. There would be no need for marriage. No need for children, no need for anything. If you're perfect, nothing is missing. Right? Do you think it's possible that that could just be my pride, then, if I think I'm perfect and I don't need anything? If you think you're perfect, you're not perfect. Because when you're perfect, there is no thinking. All thinking disappear. I mean, just to be clear, I don't think I'm perfect. I'm just No, just I wasn't asking. thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever tell you, not. oh, you think that? I know I'm not. Uh, okay. okay. Right Thank here you. and then here and then the biblical question. The young lady, oh, me, oh I'm sorry. Here, here first and then the young lady in black. Okay, I think uh, that a person who um, feels like they could learn from one situation or relationship. Oh, I'm and sorry, repeat that. I believe that a person who uh, is thinking that you improve from one relationship to another by learning. Did you think that at one time? No. no. You never thought that one, you, one, you learn from one relationship and you're going to be better in the next one? No, I, I've been in enough just bad relationships that I was like, every time it was like, okay, this, well, you think that this is not going to happen again? 
But it's not a matter of learning. I knew that somehow I, there was something really wrong with me. That this but you never thought that one relationship was going to be better, the next relationship was going to be better than the last one? No, I, I was always really thinking that it was going to be bad every time. So why did you get into them I, then? Well, I don't anymore. That, so. No, no, why did you then when you were thinking that um, they were going to be bad anyway? Because that's what I liked. Oh, you like bad relationships? I did. I did. But like, why did you stay in the first one? Why you switch up if you like bad relationships? Well, because it's, it's okay, because my, my point was going to be that all relationships are like drugs. So No, but why did you stay, why didn't you stay in the bad relationship you were in since you said you like bad relationships? Oh, because they, they left me, so. Oh. So you, they, they realized how bad it was, and I had oh, okay. to go find something else that was bad. That's amazing. I understand it. Okay, so yeah, but so I think that a person thinking they approve is like an alcoholic thinking that the next time they drink, oh, I'm not going to drive this time, or I'm not going to drink as much. They just, it's, they think it's a lesson that they're going to learn that, that they, they, they're told in their mind, oh, I, I've learned this, or I've learned that, and I'm not going to do that again. I'm not okay. going to do that again. Amazing. Yes, ma'am. I mean, for me... I wasn't in much relationship, but you've been in more than you, you, when you say much. Have you been in more than two? I've been in three. That's <laughs> the much. third one. I got married. <laughs> no. But I'm just saying, like looking back, you know, like the first two relationship, it was the same. But you never, well, I never really like learn anything because some, I don't know, maybe because I was unconscious. You just get into the relationship, not really. You know, because, you know, it just turned out bad. Yeah. I mean, I didn't ponder on it, but it's just that you really don't know what you're going through unless you're willing, you know, like the people who are hard-headed, unless you're willing to ch change. Because even though I've been married to my husband for a long time, it was, you know, up and down, whatever, and you're thinking that's the way relationships should be. Right. right? And the only way you could fix it, <coughs> we're saying that, you know, it's up and down, is to just find, you know, within yourself. Because you, even though, you know, you paint this pretty picture that everybody sees you, right? Right. But you're still, like, dead on the inside. Yeah. And you don't realize you're dead, you know, until, you, you know, you wake up and then you realize, oh, there is peace. You know, and you don't realize that everything around you is already dead, too. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I do. It's, it, it's, so it's kind of, like, hard to, like, I know people say they look to see and find a better way to get into a relationship or to fix it. But once you get into it, it just feels like it, you're still kind of dead until you, until you can really see, yeah. you know, you as yourself. When you got into this, you're married now, right? Yes. When you got into, when you married, did you get married in a relationship that was already messed up? Did you marry in a relationship that was already messed up? Well, I don't know if it's like, it's messed up because I feel like I was already messed up. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I, I don't do. know if it was the so relationship So if you were messed up, so the relationship was messed up, was he messed up too? I don't think so. Oh, he was perfect? Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, in my mind. Oh. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. And so if he were perfect, why did you make it so hard for him? I don't know. That's the, that's the thing I say is when, you know, when you know you're, well... I knew it was messed up, but I don't know why. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I do. it's just you cause all these trauma, not realizing that you're doing it until you kind of like can see. 
And so how did he deal with you bringing your mess into his life? <laughs> well, like, how, how did he handle it? Well, I mean, going through what I can see now, it basically it's just all been taught. You know, like it's been taught like what he saw, you know, with his parents and also through society. You know, you just cater to the women, you know, all that saying, a happy wife, happy life and stuff yeah. like that. So he basically he was kind of catering, you know, to me. <clears throat> yeah. Um, are you better now? I am. Did you learn anything from those other relationships that made you better or did something else happen that made you better? Something else made me better, but uh -huh. I never learned anything from the relationship. I mean, yeah. I was young. I got, you know, I met my husband when I was 19. So, yeah, I never experienced life. Oh, okay. Amazing. So, yeah. All right. Yes, Nick. Um, okay. I might get in trouble, but okay. You might get in trouble? Yeah. She might beat you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't beat him. <laughs> I don't know if I you should say it because you're scared. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not scared. I'm tough. Um, I, he said, I'm not scared. I'm tough. The guy that said, I might get in trouble. <laughs> but I'm tough. I don't think I can think of a single relationship that's ever started right. I'm sorry? I don't think I can think of a single relationship that has ever started in the right way. And how are you going to get in trouble for saying that? Worry about it. <laughs> Y'all sweating? <laughs> Let me just say this, and then I want to get to the biblical question. Nobody on earth learned anything in relationships. Not one. I can promise you that. It's impossible to learn anything in a relationship. It's impossible. The only time you learn is when you start to overcome the relationship and get to know you. And that's when wisdom will come and wisdom will guide you. It will teach you. It will make the way for you. We can't learn on our own. We learn practical stuff, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, an Indian chief and all that. But other than that, you don't learn nothing about life. You cannot learn on your own. You take the same message to every relationship. You really do. But once, once you wake up as you're doing, that's why you can say, my life was good, but now it's better, right? It's better now because you're finally having a life. You weren't having a life before. We're all dead when we're angry. We're dead. That's not life. <clears throat> An emotional person is a dead person. Whether it's happy emotion or sad emotions, nice emotions or mean emotions, that's death. It's not life. There's no feeling to life. Life just is. And because it just is, it's not based on anything out there. It's all in here. The kingdom of heaven is where life is, and life is in the present. It's nowhere else but here. Anything else is death. I promise you that. It's death. That's why it doesn't work. If you had a perfect life already, you wouldn't look for life. And nobody learns from relationships. You, you can't learn. You just, it's the same fight. Maybe one time you might fight with a knife. Next time you're going to fight with a gun. It's the same fight. Amazing, huh? 
So let me, yes. And don't be afraid to disagree with this. We're fellowshipping, that's all this is. No, I, I totally agree with this. I, I mean, I'm going to Bible thump for just a second, but after the fall, it clearly says, maybe Hank could look this up, but it clearly says that, that um, you know, there's going to be pain and childbearing, yeah. and that the wife and the husband will fight. Yeah. So and I children will turn against parents, and parents against children, and everything. It all goes back to original sin. Yeah, 100%. That's why the kids ain't cute. <laughs> it feels good to say the kids are cute, but that's just a feeling. I'm sorry? The fat ones are cute? Just like having a fat dog that can probably barely walk across the room. And you're like, oh, look at my little cute fat dog. We're like, oh. Uh, let's get to the uh, biblical question. Um, in the hat and then in the cap are you a pitiful person do you want what you want now you want a woke you want a woke answer or you want a fallen state answer are you a pitiful person no I am not a pitiful person and why do you say no because I am aware that the pity, whatever I may, if I experience any pity, it's not actually me. Not actually you? Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Are you a pitiful person? Yes. And how are you a pitiful person? Um, because it was like uh, the ups and downs of life. Um, woe is me, feeling sorry for myself or doing something to compensate for something I thought I didn't, that I needed. That was, all, that was all in my head at the time. Uh, whatever was based off of what felt good or, so I, I pitied myself, not others. I would see others going through things, I'm like, oh, they can handle it, but I couldn't handle it. On the outside, it looked like I could, but when I was alone, it was hell yeah, yeah. all the time. So I pitied myself, thinking that, that even gave me a feeling. Yeah. Like a badge of victimhood, like, yeah, I pitied myself, I felt sorry for myself. You know, so. And so are you a pitiful person now? No. You're not now? No. And why not now? Now because I can see that I saw, it was revealed to me that that was a lie. You know, it was as I went through it and I gave myself all these identities over the years, thinking that that was me because of what happened then or what I was feeling now, it was revealed to me that that was, that was just evil in my head telling me this is what I was and this yeah. is how you should live. Oh, okay. But when it was revealed to me what was true, that I was nothing, that I was none of those things, that I can truly live and see that it was all lies and I was just going by what the thoughts were telling me. Okay. Amazing. Um, give me back to your cousin. That's your cousin, right? Okay. Um, were you ever a pitiful person? Yes. In what way? I used to see life as this like mountain that I, I would never be able to accomplish. And I used to look down on myself and I used to just have these like little pity parties. <laughs> and did you know at the time you were a pitiful person? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I guess I just saw myself as uh, like everyone else. I just thought that was just a way of life, you know, that everyone was like this and that a few people were lucky enough to not be pitiful. But, oh, me, 
always me like Eeyore. Oh, yeah. It was just Amazing. a mess. What a mess. What a mess. Uh, right here and then here, and the young lady in the back want to respond. Are you, the young man, yeah. Are you a pitiful person? Uh, I'm doing better to not be that way, uh, but I definitely have been in the past. And are you a pitiful person? No. You're not a pitiful person? No. But you just said you're doing better trying not well, to be yeah, that Well, yeah, no longer. So I've recognized that a lot of things are in my control, that I have emotions and I try to maintain those. Um, and being able to recognize it, then just doing better, I guess. Um, so sometimes you feel like a pitiful person? Yeah, I could judge myself pretty hard. And, you, and why? Intrusive thoughts. And do you, when you're doing that, do you think, wow, I'm such a pitiful person? Uh, I try, it would, if the, death, the intrusive thoughts do come in, uh, I do my best to just kind of push through it. I do follow some of the stuff you say, watch it like a movie, and that helps a lot. You watch a movie to overcome your pitifulness? No, 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 like within, within myself, like watch it like uh, a movie. Oh, all, I, oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Are you doing the silent prayer every morning, every night? Uh, no. You're not, and why not? Uh, usually in a rush, so I go to school and stuff, and I give myself excuses to, oh, you don't have time, you're already late. And so your school come before seeking the kingdom? Uh, right now, I mean, it shouldn't, but sometimes I let that happen. I'm sorry? It shouldn't, but sometimes I allow that to happen. Oh, okay. Uh, you're not ready to completely overcome your hell? Uh, I, yeah, I want to. But how will you overcome it if you don't be still? Uh, so I don't do it like, uh, like a routine, per se. But like if I have a quiet moment to myself, I will bring myself down. And I try to say that that is my silent prayer. Oh, I see. In those moments, I will pull myself to the side. And so when God said, pray without ceasing, meaning never stop, because the greatest sin is to forget to be aware, he was just playing? No. He, he meant do it when you had time to have your little silent moment. Oh, I, I try to do it every day. It's just not like twice a day. It'll be when a, a lot of things have been coming my way. So work, school, all that good stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and I make time when I can. Okay. Amazing. Are you a pitiful person? <clears throat> I'll say yes, but I think other people are like more pitiful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better about that now. I'm pitiful, but other people are more pitiful. And so you like your pitifulness because other people are more pitiful? No, but I'm just like, oh, at least I'm not that pitiful. <laughs> I'm just, I thought I was bad sometimes, you know? Right. I'm talking more just people at work just complain all the time. I'm just glad I don't complain, you know? Oh, okay. About things. I'll just keep it to myself. But, um... You like being a pitiful person? Just not more pitiful than them? Well, I don't but know you... what it's like to not be a pitiful person, but I do want to maybe give that a try. And I have been <laughs> giving that a try now. Can you give me an example of you being pitiful? I'm just like a depressed person. I'm not depressed. I'm in partial remission, but <laughs> I can see like oh, it's just such a struggle. I'm just like oh, I don't want to do anything ever, you know. So I feel like that's so pitiful. Like I could, you know, do anything, and I don't want to do anything, you know. But oh. I could, I could go to the park. I could do this. I could just, you know. 
Um, but I mean, I try to, I, I am just trying to be patient with myself because I, I have seen where I've come, how long I've come, right. you know? I used to just follow my thoughts and I thought my thoughts were leading me to heaven. I was like, yes, oh my God. I'm, you know, I'll just, I still just go off on tangents sometimes, but it used to be just so much worse. I used to zone out just so much. Like right. if I was at work, I would zone out and people would kind of be like, what? Like it would take me a couple of seconds to even notice they're there. Like, and they'd be like, what are you thinking about? It's nothing. Just blank space. But it's not like the not thoughts in a good way. It's like a bad way. Oh, okay. You know? Are you a beautiful person? Yes. You are? Yeah. In, in, in what way? What's your name? Alyssa. <laughs> I, I always... <laughs> never. We got it, you're Alyssa. No, go ahead. Because um, I still think about... I still care. <laughs> Alyssa.com on Yahoo. <laughs> go ahead. Um... <laughs> I still care how I'm being perceived by other people, so I think you that's... You still care about what? About how other people are perceiving me. Really? Yeah, I think and how do you know? how do you know how they are perceiving you? No, I care. Like, I want well, them to think of me Oh, as, you want them to think highly of you? Yeah, to think highly of me. And, and why? Because mm, I'm still trying to overcome trying to be somebody and trying to be successful. I'm still trying to let that go. Why not just let it go? Because then I have to let everything go and I have to let the things go that I see as good. And it's hard to let the things that I see as good go. Can you give me an example of something good you see as good and you won't let it go? <clears throat> I guess people in my life that have created value in my life, I see them highly, so I still... But there are no good people in your life. Yeah. There are none. I see that. You see that? Right now I am seeing that. Yeah. And so now that you see there are no good people, why don't you stop trying to be that way? I should. And why don't you? Because the devil works hard. I'm sorry? The devil works hard. Yeah. Are you doing the silent prayer every morning and night? I am. Yeah, stay with it. Because in reality, there's not one good person on earth. Not one. And so just see that as it is, and that thought of that will leave, and you'll be free from that. It's just a thought. Yeah. And as far as trying to be somebody, stop trying to be someone. Nobody is nobody. Ain't nobody nobody. Everyone trying to be because they know they're not anyone. They're nothing. So just let it go. All right? Yeah. Any questions about that? No. So at this time, you're being pitiful. Do you think, oh, I'm such a pitiful person? No. You don't think about it? But reflecting on the question, I would say I'm pitiful for... Oh, okay. That. Amazing. Um, yes, are you a pitiful person? Uh, yes. In what way are you a pitiful person? I, I had to look up the definition of pitiful, and it says, uh, like undeserving and there's many times in my life where I've felt undeserving and yet I know that like at my core like at my soul it, when I'm in prayer that I am deserving so deserving of what 
That's a good question. Just like God's blessings or just... What is it you know that you are deserving of? I don't want to say. It sounds very egoic. I'm sorry? I don't want to say because it sounds very like egoic or like even love. You know, something as... You deserve it of love? Yes. You deserve it of love? Well, you're asking like I don't. <laughs> you are deserving of love. You look so surprised. I'm sorry? You look so surprised. <laughs> Why do you think you're deserving of love? I think we all deserve love. Why? I mean, if God loves us and we're made in God's You said God love us? Yeah. Do, do you deserve it? I don't believe I deserved, like, the sacrifice of Jesus, and yet... No, do you deserve the love of God? Oh, that's a good question. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I hope I do. You hope to do? Yeah. Why? Because I want to, like, after I die, I want to go to heaven. After you die, you want to go to heaven? Yeah. Why not go to heaven while you're living? That's a great point. And the answer is? It was a question. Can you ask it one more time? Why not go to heaven while you live? Why do you want to wait until you die? Because if you so, wait until you die, you may be able to look up at heaven. I would say that some, it's hard to see every situation in life as a blessing. Like if I were to walk out the door and get hit by a car, it would be hard to see that as like a heavenly experience. Who told you that you're supposed to see every situation as a blessing? I mean, when I think of heaven, I would think that it's like a blessing to go to heaven. What? If, if I were in heaven all the time, like I would, I mean, but who told you that you should see every situation now as a blessing? Isn't that what heaven is? Is that what? Isn't that what heaven is? Like a blessing? But who told you that you're supposed to see every situation like that? Well, wasn't the question, why aren't you in heaven now? So if I was in heaven now, then everything would be a blessing. Does that I make sense? I don't know what that means. But if you're in heaven now, you will have no bad situations. Uh, uh, yes, I, I, I understand that and I agree with that. But like even what Job went through, right? Like, I, Where's Job now? He's in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody want to be Job. No. Every situation ain't Job. I don't want to be Job. <laughs> Let me do this because of time. Uh, are you a pitiful person? I'm not. You're not? No. And why do you say you're not? When I first heard you ask that question, I immediately thought victim mentality and manipulative. I think that anyone who would describe themselves 
as pity, pitiful is someone who is being manipulative and wanting attention or someone who is a victim. Okay. And so have you ever been a pitiful person? No. I've had pity parties on occasion. However, I would not describe myself as a, as a pitiful Oh, so when person. you were having those pitiful parties, were you, were you thinking of yourself as a pitiful person while you were at the party? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how can a, a non-thinking pitiful person have a pity party? Because I was focusing on the situation and thinking, for example, I should have gotten that promotion. I was the best candidate. Why didn't they see that? Okay, looks like I'm going to have to seek a different opportunity at a different company. So, so it actually caught, was the catalyst for me to move forward and do something else that's meaningful rather than to sit there stewing in my victim mentality and feeling sorry for myself. I know, but at the time you thought you were a pitiful person because you didn't get the job, so you had a pit pitiful party, right? Pity I thought party. it was pitiful that I didn't get the job, uh, but I didn't see myself as pitiful. I thought the circumstances were pitiful. Oh, that's amazing. That is amazing. What's <laughs> so amazing about it? <laughs> Why do you say Y'all having fun with this? It's just fun. Uh, let me do this, and I see a whole bunch of hands. Let me take this young man first, and then Francisco, and over here. Then we got to start winding down the clock going by. Are you a pitiful person? No. And, and why do you say no, you're not? Because I know I'm not full of pity, um, at least not anymore, so yeah, no. Have you ever been a pitiful person? Yeah. And did you think of yourself at the time as a pit I'm a pitiful person? I didn't identify it as the person, but I definitely recognized it in me. So, yeah. That you were being pitiful? Yeah. And how did you feel about that? Uh, even if it felt justified, it still felt useless. So no matter how good it felt, it, it was always a dead end. So, but did you know that at the time? When I would see the dead end. But then I wasn't smart enough to pick up on that. So, oh. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Let me do this fast. All right, sorry for rushing you guys. Uh, Francisco had his hand, and then the white shirt, and then Raymond. Oh, okay, the white shirt. I have a question. Is would you consider correcting somebody like a pitiful type of thing? Like, correcting someone? Yeah. Would that be a pitiful thing to do? Yeah, as opposed to just letting them go on their own and failing on their own. If you correct them with perfect love, it's the right thing to do. But if they don't accept it, you let them go on. Because if you do it with perfect love, you're not going to try to imp impose it on them. You will see they just don't want it. They're not ready for it, so you let them suffer. All right, but would imposing be pitiful? Yes. Okay. You have to be a pitiful person to impose it on someone. Absolutely. Yes, Raymond, are you a pitiful person? Uh, not anymore. Uh, you, you, you ended that this morning or what? <laughs> uh, just last night, actually, Mount. <laughs> um, and so were you a pitiful person at one time? Uh, maybe, yeah. In, uh, in what way were you? Just trying to be, uh, like I said, correcting someone or trying to put someone in their place. Yeah. Like, it's just a pitiful person is always trying to put someone in their place. 
Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's a good good example, man. Yeah. Amazing. Yes, yes Raymond. I am a pitiful person. In, in what way? And because I always make a mess of everything in my life as I look back. And so why don't you stop being a pitiful person? I wouldn't know how. Oh, good. Somebody going to tell you how in a minute. <laughs> that, that's a good response. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I look at it like if you live by your ego, you're going to always be pitiful. If you, because everybody in here has an ego, and as long as that's there, you're always going to be pitiful. And are you a pitiful person? Yep. And do you want to be a pitiful person? Uh, it's hard to let the ego die, so yeah. You say you want to be pitiful? Do I want to be? Well, I'm still doing it, so I guess so. Okay. Do you know how to overcome being a pitiful person? I got to let the ego die. And how do you do that? Uh, by stop believing in thoughts and stuff like that. And how do you know that's true? I don't know. I hear you say it all the time. So. <laughs> but, you know. You're pitiful. But and why don't I don't you think do really it? no one wants to be like that, but everything that goes on in the world, it's kind of hard to ignore it. Like, ignore all the things when people say about you or whatever. You know how they talk about race and all these different things. That's what make us like that. So we, That's we, what makes you pitiful? Well, yeah, the ego. Oh, I see. Okay. We build up this ego. Like, for example, I'm black, so I, they believe in this. I believe in this. I believe in that. He's Mexican. He's white. So we all got like a culture, and we try to, you know, our co we everybody think their culture is the best. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Interesting. So I want to ask this young man, and then I want to see the hands of the people who are not a pitiful person. Are you a pitiful person? Uh, yes, sir. And and how do you know you're pitiful? I know I'm pitiful because uh, I believe like my thoughts. I let a lot of. I'm very emotional. So yeah. Like. And why do you continue to believe your thoughts? I continue. I, I think I enjoy living in my hell. I mean, I, I I think I enjoy it. I don't like it, but I'm not trying to change. So I must enjoy it. Do you want to change from it? Yeah, I want to change. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we're going to have someone tell you in a minute. Real, real fast, I need my experts. I didn't ask them this on Friday if they were a pitiful person. And I would have thought of asking except for James said to me this morning we were in the office. He said, I'm glad you didn't ask the expert if they were pitiful. <laughs> I'm like, why are you glad of that? He's like, uh, it would have been shameful. Sean, are you a pitiful person? No. And why do you say no? Um, you know, God doesn't look at us as being pitiful. He doesn't look down on us in pity. And I don't look on anyone else in pity. And, you know, anyone that's looking at me and saying that I'm pitiful, even if it's myself, it says more about them than it does about me. And so why do you say you are not a pitiful person? Because it's not me. Like, whatever I'm going through that's quote-unquote pitiful isn't me anyway. So... That's not how God sees me, so that why, why would that be how I see myself? Have you ever been a pitiful person? No. 
You've never been a pitiful person. No. Even in according your father's state, you who? were not a pitiful person. No. Really? No, no one else has either. Welcome no. to heaven. No one else has been pitiful either, <laughs> in my opinion. So what? No one else has either. Nobody has what? And no one else has been pitiful either. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> Every human being has been pitiful <laughs> on earth. I guess that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Hake? Are you a pitiful person? Well, the Bible says... <laughs> <laughs> Another Bible thumper. No, I, I bring that up because I think in the Psalms or somewhere, David said that he was like a worm. And I think that we are pitiful people. And especially, like, especially in like the messed up state that we're in. I say that I am because I oftentimes maybe always, weigh my life based on the results of, and maybe fortunately, I'm not sure, the results, I'm not like clever enough to make the results what I want them to be. So that kind of calls attention to my pitifulness. And uh, I say that's maybe fortunate because were it not that way, then I wouldn't be thinking that I need to seek God or whatever. But anyway, in short, yes. Amazing. Uh, are you a pitiful person? The other effort. Don't be scared to say it. Okay, I'll try. Like I'm not a pitiful person, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> Either you are or you're not. I know. But listen. Um, she said, but listen. Because <laughs> I've always gotten like, like it always make me mad when someone pitied me. Like, oh, maybe, like, like, how dare, like, why, why are you going to pity me? Like, I don't pity others. Why are you going to pity me? So I, I would never really see myself as a pit, pitiful person. But when thinking about the question, it kind of flashes back all the moments, all the little moments where I made a little face. You know what I mean? I made a little face, and then someone commented on it, and it made me feel good. You know what I'm trying to say here? So that's pitiful. Okay. So you are a pitiful person, but you're not. Exactly. And that makes sense. I'm pitiful. <laughs> okay. How about you, Joel? Uh, I don't think I'm a pitiful person, but I also don't think I'm a good person either. But I do pitiful things, and I do good things, but I don't think I'm a pitiful person. So you are a, you say you're not a pitiful person? Yeah, but I'm not a good person either. Did anyone ask you if you're a good person? It has person? to go together, though. It has to go together because if you think, well, to me. But did anybody ask you if you're a good person? <laughs> no, but I'm not a pitiful person, but then. You're it, not a pitiful person? Right, but then you think. But you've done good things? Right, because if you think. What good not, have you done? No, you do like, you, you do good deeds or you've done good things or you do bad things. What good thing have you done? It could be anything. No, what good thing? Because you, you let us know I'm not a pitiful person, but I do good things. No, I'm saying that I do pitiful things, but I also have done good things. What good thing have you ever done? Well, no, no, I can't think of a specific. <laughs> <laughs> a specific thing. But you're but, sure you've done good things. But, I've, but I, I think, yeah, I think I've, I've done good things. But you I can't think, think of one? No, I can't think of one good thing. I know you want me to think of one thing. But, but the point still is... And so you're not a pitiful person, though. I'm not a pitiful person. Why do you say you're not? 
because um, kind of in the same way that, well, not kind of in the same way, but what Sean said is that if I identify with being pitiful, then um, I'm acting as if that's me. I'm identifying with pity as being me, and, it, and it's not me. But it's the same thing as the opposite. If I identify with being good, then I'm thinking I'm good, and it's not true. And, and so you do identify with having done good things, right? You say what? You say you have done good things, right? Yeah, but... And you identify with that? No, no, no. I'm just saying I do. I mean, of course, I, I mean, I have identified with those things. But I do good things, but I also do pitiful things. Like what? <laughs> now we're back here. <laughs> uh, pitiful, what, what pitiful things have I done? You go on Google.com and look for Shelly's <laughs> number. Who? Whose number? <laughs> Now you got the name confused, huh? <laughs> but but what real fast because of time, what pitiful thing have you done? Uh, I, I mean, I can't think of, well, I can think of, but I don't, don't want to say them. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, you know what I'm saying? You're not forced to. I totally understand yeah, that. Yeah, but. You said with you being an expert. I just don't. Are y'all still going to listen to the experts? <laughs> <laughs> What the? Okay. Are you a pitiful person, Frankie? How come everybody doing this? I am. No, I'm playing. Are you? No. no. I'm sorry? No. And why do you say you're not? Because uh, when I'm in my thoughts and imagination, then I'm great. And then it tells me I'm not, which, you know, so, so I'm, I'm only like that. It's a trick. Have you ever been a pitiful person? When I'm in my thoughts, yeah. When Have I'm you ever been a pitiful person before you learned about the thoughts? Absolutely, yes. What you say? I thought I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's do this. I, I need three people to show me the hands that have overcome being a pitiful person. No, I mean like honest people. No plan. Let me see again. I'm sorry. Okay. How did you overcome being a pitiful person? Um, I don't know. I just uh, I know that today I'm not a pitiful person. And I how used did you overcome being a pitiful person? Because of time, and I hate to rush you, but no, they get on me when I'm. I just trying to think how I, I buy. Uh, I don't think I've ever, I did uh, something specific to overcome it. Uh, this part of the, part of the, like the waking up, you say? I don't know. I you don't know how you overcame being a pitiful person? Yeah, definitely. How did you overcome being a pitiful person? Uh, I don't know. It's exactly. not a contest where no, everybody no. can relax. No, you just rushed. You rushed time. <laughs> but I say, I, I'm trying to think how. I don't, I don't know how. It's, it's but then how do you know you've overcome it then? Because I don't have uh, pity for others. You don't have pity for others? Yeah. Oh, okay. How did, did you have your hand? How did you overcome being a pitiful person? Well, I think it's because um, you hold yourself. No, how did you overcome? Yeah, you, I mean, because you put yourself in a standard. So once you let go all those things that you think you are, you know, 
then you know you don't you don't have no pity. Like you're supposed to be at this level, or you're supposed to have this, you're supposed to have that. I'm at a point where I don't need any of that, and so there's no need to pity. So you overcame it how? Just not having an idea of who I am. Okay. And it's easier when you do that. You don't have an idea of who someone should be either. So, you know, you just go through with it, and there's no pity. Who have not spoken today, at all? Oh, everybody has some. Oh, you have you overcome being a pitiful person? Not quite yet. No. Oh, not yet. Not quite yet. No. And why not? Uh, I believe I'm still in a fallen state, but I'm working on it. So oh, okay. yeah. you're doing the prayer and everything. Oh, every morning, and every night. Yep. No. <laughs> Stay with it, man. I will. One I will. other person who have overcome being a pitiful person. Let me see. Why are you grinning so hard, Nick? In the red shirt, you've overcome being a pitiful person. You say yes. And how did you overcome it? Um. Going, letting my ego die and not listening to my thoughts. And how did you do that? By doing the silent prayer and just being still and aware. Oh, okay. And watching everything. All right. So let me just say this. Yes, Nick. No, finish real fast. I know I said I'm pitiful, but this is how I overcame being a pitiful person. Uh, <laughs> I just realized you said everyone's he is the same. Pitiful, but you overcame being pitiful. <laughs> yeah. How can you be both? Well, I'm not. Oh. <laughs> I know. Go ahead. I realize everyone's going through the same thing and that no one's better. I'm not better than anyone and no one's better than me. And all that's just a big mess anyways. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. So listen, if you want to overcome being a pitiful person, you got to overcome your state of being. Everybody's in a wrong state of being. Anyone that, and I'm throwing out a few, but that whole truckload of examples of what a pitiful person is. Anyone that gets sad is a pitiful person. Anyone that gets glad is a pitiful person. Anyone that gossip or listen to gossip because you're up and down, right? It's time. If you're going to gossip, you're going to listen to it, right? You're a pitiful person. Anyone that, when you're going through a situation where situations are happening, and you're overreacting to the situation, you're a pitiful person. And the reason you're pitiful in that because you think it's happening to you, and it's not. So you're overreacting to it. Anyone that think that they're good or bad is a pitiful person. Anyone think that they have done good? Sorry, Joel. I didn't know you were going to use this one. <laughs> Anyone who think they have done good or bad is a pitiful person. Anyone that is shy or, or pretend not to be shy, or anyone that put up a front, pretend they know what they don't know, is a pitiful person. Anyone that's have fear and doubt and loneliness and looking on the outside for any peace at all is a pitiful person. And I could go on and on. If you think that you're trying to be someone, you're a pitiful person. 
because you gotta think that you're not someone in order to try to be someone. You're a pitiful person. Anyone that try to get love or anything from anyone else is a pitiful person. And what it is, once the light come into your heart, and it does when you truly see that you're wrong for being angry, because no one has a right to judge anybody to be mad at anyone about anything at any time. And I don't care what happened. You could be raped 24 hours a day. Your wife can rape you before she go to work and tell you don't move. I'm coming back here for lunch and rape you again. And don't call the cops. And I'm coming back here and rape you again. And if you're crying and she slapped you, what you crying for? Shut up crying. I'm going to rape you again. You still don't have time to a right to be mad. You don't have a right to be mad. You, when you join s- teams, you're a pitiful person. Like the war that's happening right now, and you're joining side, you know how these people fight one another? They have divided up, and they have no clue as to why they're fighting each other. But they're personally attacking each other on, on both sides. They are pitiful people. Because they, in all honesty, they don't really know who's controlling this thing. They don't really know what it's all about. And they just listen to the media and to what somebody else said. You're a pitiful person. When you can't admit to yourself, I don't know, and leave it a blank, you're a pitiful person. You're a pitiful person. Because the devil doesn't want you to have a blank space there. He want to fill it in. And he'll fill it in. And you think, and then you go out there giving all the answers and they're wrong. It's the same way, and you can watch this. It's the same way as when you know the truth, you hear about the truth. Now you're out there just saying the truth because the devil tell you right away, oh, I know. I'm going to get out there and tell everybody now. I'm going to be the smartest one in the room. I'm going to puff up and say, hey, you got to forgive your mama. You're a pitiful person. When you don't allow someone else to be wrong, you're a pitiful person. When you think you're poor or you think you're rich because you can't have one without the other, you're a pitiful person. And so what has to happen, as I was saying, the light come into your heart and the light will destroy that abnormal nature that you guys were talking about earlier, that abnormal nature which is not you. It would destroy all thoughts and all emotions because all thoughts and all emotions is of the devil. They have never been of you. They are not of you. And it is the way the world operates. So that's why once you overcome that, you're in the world, but not of it. And you stop operating like the world. You're in it. And so whatever is happening out there in the world, you will be able to see the news. You will hear about it. But it wouldn't bother you at all, not even your thoughts or emotions, because you're not a part of it anymore. You're not going to be in a rush. Oh, Lord, economy is bad. I'm scared. I got to get out of here. Because when you're running, what you're running for from is with you. And you can move to anywhere. I'm not telling you not to move. There's a practical way of doing that. But you can go anywhere and still be afraid because it's inside of you. This pitiful nature, this pitiful state of being is inside of you. That's why when you get the light, you let go 
So the light can destroy your state of being. And all these states have to die. And there are buckaloes of them. That's why when you're afraid to face your fear, a lot of times everybody, most people are afraid to face their mothers. But if you notice when you face her anyway, that state die. It dies because you have faced it. And so you have to face it within yourself no matter what it is. Whoever told you you got to be something, they lied to you. And don't be afraid to face that so it can disappear. And you would never try to be anything. And when you don't try to be anything, that's where you are. And in that state, there is no thinking about, how am I? Am I this? Am I that? Uh, I'm a Christian. I'm a, uh, I'm this and I'm that. And I'm spiritual. I'm this. There is no thinking about it at all. All thinking erases. Because the mind cannot conceive the things of God. Only understanding comes from God. The mind has no understanding. Zero understanding. That's why he said bring all these thoughts into captivity. And these thoughts run deep. There are layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of them. And that's why you have to stay present. Your only job is to stay present. And that's where everything is. The kingdom of heaven is in the present. It's not in the past. It's not in the future. It's right here, right now. The Christians are literally waiting for Jesus to return. They're waiting for whatever the revelation says. And they don't know. Christ said it's already done. It's already happened. Revelation is happening out there in the world already. Look how the world treats each other. That's revelation. But it doesn't have to be for you. It doesn't have to be for you. And so it's these states of being and that you have to overcome. But you can't overcome it. Then God will give you a new state of being, which is his nature, which is his light. And in his light, there is no thinking. Practical thoughts only, and that's it. There's just, you just become a living being. And in being a living being, you don't have to think about it. And if you tell yourself, oh, I'm just a living being, you're not. <laughs> because you're thinking about being a living being. I'm going to tell somebody I'm a living being. <laughs> that makes sense? I want you all to understand that until you wake up, you've been living nothing but death. You were never alive. And I want you to understand clearly, I don't care what you have done, how bad you think it is, how long ago that it happened, when it happened, if it was 50 years ago, or if it was last night. You are not guilty of anything that has ever happened, that you've ever done. And if you know that you would do them, and then Satan will tell you how bad you are. You're just a bad person. You're a thief. You are a this, and you are a that. No, you're not. That's not God telling you that. Because up here, the real you are not doing anything. You're just living up here. You just don't know it until you come back, until this disappears, and you become one with here. And it's a perfect way of living. But you got to stay with it. You got to work on it. You got to stay with it. You got to work on it. You got to. And when I say work on it, see what's going on with you. Just see what's going on. Don't be afraid to let things out here happen. 
and somebody don't like you, fine. See how you feel about them not liking you. You know what I'm saying? If your wife or your husband want to leave, don't be like, oh, please don't go. Please don't go. I'll be lonely. Don't go. I need you. You need to take a moment and look how you're feeling about this person leaving you or cheating on you or whatever. And if you are feeling something, that's something you need to overcome. That's a wrong state of being. And if you can just see it and let it die, you'll be free from that. And if the person left or stayed, it wouldn't move you either way. You wouldn't, if they stayed, you wouldn't have to be nice. If they're going to leave, you wouldn't have to be nice to try to keep them. If you lose all your children, somebody mentioned Job. If you lose all your children, all your cattle in the land, it wouldn't bother you at all because you know God is with you. And he is allowing this to happen. But if you're freaking out about it, you're in the wrong state of being. That makes sense a little bit? So stop letting Satan tell you you're guilty. You're not guilty. You're not a sinner. Your only issue was you were unwilling to forgive and you loved playing God. As long as you play God, you would never know God. But once you forgive, seeing that you're wrong, you have to confess your sin. The salvation is of the heart. So let me do this fast. We got 10 minutes. Comment on what I just said. Which part? Any part of it. How do you see what I just said? What do you, what do you understand from that? that Above word. all things, get an understanding. You don't want to intellectually know. It's a practice thing, but you don't want to. You want the intellect to die. I had a, a lady that texted me or emailed me, however she got to me, and she said that she is a psychologist and that she has a PhD in, in psychiatry and psychology kind of thing and she's been around the world she's been helping everybody she know a whole bunch of other and nobody know what they're doing and it wasn't until she heard me speak the truth that it made sense to her she said even people got these degrees they don't help at all they have lost themselves because wisdom only comes from God you want an understanding but anyway did you get anything from that or just that anything that you disagree with? Uh, I, I wouldn't say disagree. I, I Just questions pop up. One question real fast. Like how is being, I, I guess the first thing is the word pitiful sounds like it's a bad thing. Yeah. And I don't know if I agree with that 100%. I, like pride to me is, you know, that is what keeps me from God. So if being pitiful... But a pitiful person is a prideful person. Oh, look at poor me. I'm right. scared. I'm lonely. I'm this and I'm that. I'm no good. I'm good. Yeah. I, I deserve it. I deserve love. I deserve this and that. That's a pitiful person. Okay. That makes I, sense? I get that. I, I do get that. I, I do... The, the part where you said the word glad, and that part, you know... I don't know the exact question I'm trying to ask, just that being glad seems like a, you know, like a good thing. Anything that comes from idea is not a good thing. Glad comes from an idea. She made me feel glad, or the money made me feel glad, or the job made me feel glad, or I looked in the mirror and I felt glad. 
it's an idea there's a perfect happiness that comes with perfect peace and it's not based on anything outwardly. Not at all. It just is. When all these state of being disappear, and after they disappeared, you're going to want more of them to go. You're going to be happy to see what's bothering you so you can overcome it. I'll be glad to see that falling away. I'm sorry? I'll be glad that it's falling away. Yeah, but not with the thought I'm just glad. kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. Amazing. Um, did this make sense to you in the hat? Yeah, it makes sense. In what way, if you can think of one? I would say um, just being uh, just being consistent and doing like uh, the silent prayer and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You gotta, it's, how should I say this? I'm trying to be nice. The worst thing that you could do in life is not stay with the prayer. When God said pray without ceasing, he meant for you to stay present so that the devil doesn't come in and steal you away, take you away from the light. That's why it's so important. And yet, the devil taught a whole lot of people out and not doing it. Oh, you got to get to work. You know, do it in the middle of the day. God said get up early in the morning and seek after him. Right? But the devil convinced people to do the one thing that you must do in order to be free. He convinced you not to do it. Mm -hmm. And that should question you. How come the devil doesn't want me to be still? He want me to go to work. He want me to eat. He want me to do everything but be still. He want, I can hoop and holler all day long. He'll wake you up early in the morning to hoop and holler or pray in tongue. But he will not wake you up to be still. You should question that. Last word, does this help a little bit anyway? In what way? Um, I just think re-listening to everything as a whole is always um, really helpful. Just reminds me of all the things that I'm kind of just looking at or working through in life. Yeah. Same I want you all to keep working on yourself, keep coming, edify one another, but see how you feel when someone's, if they say something about you, they disagree with you. Oh, that's dumb. <coughs> And watch how you feel about it. Don't get mad at the person for calling you a dummy. Because if you get mad, it's inside of you. It's not their fault. That's something you need to see in order to overcome it. All right? That makes sense? If somebody say something, if you don't think that yourself, you're not feeling that, it's not going to bother you. This is a word coming out of somebody else's mouth. But it has no meaning. But it only has meaning if you affect your ego. And one last thing in closing. Everything that every human being has ever done, ever will do, ever can do, until you're born of the true nature, uh, has been vanity. It's been nothing but vanity. Everything you have ever, all these good things you think you've done. Sorry, Joel. <laughs> it's been all vain. And if you really get to know yourself, you'll see that everything you've ever done has been vanity. But you're calling it good because the devil said, that's good. And the world tells you, that was a good thing to do. And you get a glory from it. So I hope this helps keep coming, keep working on it. I have to, I, can't even, I don't even know what it is, light not to be still. 
because I'm seeing more and more and more about stillness and what it takes over and what he would do to change you from your abnormal state to a normal state. All right. Um, any questions? Yes, real fast. So when you say something funny and I laugh, is that God or the devil laughing? The devil hate laughter. He hated when you laugh at your silliness. Because he know now you're on your way not to see it as serious. And the devil wants you to be serious about your devil. He don't want you to laugh at him. So that's fine. As long as you're not laughing, as long as you're consciously laughing, you're not laughing to keep from crying. <laughs> yeah, I guess why I'm asking is because yeah, if, if because it feels good to laugh, right? Yes. And if the emotion is the devil. Oh, good point. As long as you don't that feel good from laughter, as long as you don't identify with it as I, mm -hmm. just let it pass through. It's a laughter. That's all it is. And now you all have to go out trying to find something else to make you laugh. There's a natural laughter. There's a natural laughter. So let it laugh and let it pass. And don't go home thinking, wow, I was a wonderful laughter today. <laughs> and everybody just loved my laughing. Like when I make my jokes here, I know these jokes are not coming from me. So I don't go home and think to myself, wow, I was a real jokester today. Because sometimes these jokes just pop up. I don't know. They just come. And they happen to fit the occasion. That's why when someone tell me, sing a song or make a joke, nothing will come. It will, I can't do it. But when it just naturally happens, it's a different story. So when you laugh, enjoy the laugh. That's the right kind of emotion. But don't call it you. And don't try to hold on to that laugh all day long. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, because I've been having a lot of these conversations, you know, outside of church. And someone, you know, challenged me with, you know, babies. They are so close to the source, right? They come straight from the source. And, you know, they laugh and they cry and they have all these, you know, emotions. Even though some of them are based on, you know, basic needs to survive. But still, like, the laughter from a baby... That's God. The laughter that comes from a baby? Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me what she's saying, Sean? Um, yeah, like uh, a baby will laugh uncontrollably one minute and then cry uncontrollably the next minute. And a lot of people will say that babies are closer to God. They're more pure. Like they come Babies right. are not closer to God once they've been traumatized. But she's speaking at like for an infant. Like, like a baby baby? A baby. A baby baby that want milk. A baby baby. Like <laughs> <laughs> a baby, when a baby cries, isn't it crying for something and wants something? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think she's right in the fact that a baby doesn't identify with his laughter or, or crying. Like, he doesn't That laugh. was me. Yeah, and since... The baby is so close to the source oh, okay. compared to us, right? So it still doesn't, haven't developed that thinking pattern or thought pattern yet. If you can laugh and cry without identifying with the laughter and the crying, you're fine. Don't think of, oh, I'm so sad. Oh, I'm so this and I'm so that. Just let it pass, like at a funeral. 
you were, you know, daddy died, mama died, and you need to fry, cry a few tears, just let the tears flow and be done with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what it means by there's a type of everything. But you're not holding on to it as, I am so sad. You're consciously aware of what's going on. Consciously. That's why you want to be conscious. And in consciousness, you can talk about anything and not identify with it. You don't want any more identities. Well, let me close it out. And then I know I saw your hand end up, but I need to end this. The brand new biblical question for this week, I beat you to it. Is what, James? <laughs> oh, who or what gave you the impression you have of your mother or grandmother? Who or what gave you the impression that uh, the impression you have of your mother or grandmother? Because some people are raised by their grandmother. You know how you have impressions of your mothers and you have impressions of your grandmothers? Who gave you the impressions that you have? Isn't that an amazing question? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all ever thought about that? Why did I get this impression about my mama? Or about my grandma? And everybody's impressions about them are the same. And you know, you said Hollywood. You <laughs> said Hollywood gave you impression. But I got to close out. That's the biblical question. Who or what gave you the impression you have of your mother or and or grandmother, something like that? So listen, I got to close out. Do the side of the prayer if you want to overcome your hell. If you don't, stay there. God's not going to move. He, he and Jesus sit up there every day, have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they look at you making a fool of yourself. They're like, what the? So if you love your health, stay there, don't do it. But if you don't love it, you want to overcome it, do the silent prayer, go and forgive. And you're going to be afraid, but that's just a state of being. Face it. And you overcome that state. And you overcome the next one, and the next one, and the next one. All right? Um, forgive, do the silent prayer, and live. Let life happen. Let go of all ideas and all plans. Me as far as emotional stuff, mental stuff. All right? Um, nothing happening this week. Tune into the shows next week. Check out the, um, the Jesse Lee Peterson Network. It's happening. Joel is making it happen along with the team. All right? Thank you all. We'll do the Super Chats tomorrow. Thank you for your donation to Tithe and Office. I do appreciate it. Bye. Amazing. <laughs> so let me just say this. And it